Hey everybody, welcome back to the JP2 Generation Podcast. I am your host, Tom Perna, and this is actually episode 9. Today I'm actually doing something a little different than I've done in the past. I'm actually using both video, so you could be watching this on YouTube, but you could also be listening to it via a podcast. Uh, either way, um, either way is going to be just probably just fine. But um, but I wanted to try this, so I have a little recording device here, and I've got my screen going on here. The um, today I wanted to focus on an important a person in my life, um, my dad, uh, who actually ended up passing away five years ago today. Um, was actually on this was actually on this exact day five years ago. That my father uh, passed away. It was uh, April twenty second of two thousand fifteen. Um, before I wanted, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share the eulogy that I read uh, at his vigil. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit just about my father. So uh, I've had some pictures on my on my website before. Let me get that right there. So that's the last picture uh, my dad ever took. Uh, my mom took that picture of him, totally my dad, with those two rings on his fingers. Uh, I actually had on, he wore, on this ring, he wore his wedding band as well as his college ring. Uh, he graduated from Fairleigh Dickinson uh, College out of New Jersey uh, years ago. So totally uh, my father, um, very much, um, that's the kind of the image I remember of my dad, um, so I I hope I can get through through this without uh tearing up tearing up too much, um, so but uh I'll I'll do my best. It's probably gonna be my longest podcast, uh, just because um it's just there's some good information I want to share about my father and then and then just read my dad's eulogy. So, um, I remember that he went into the hospital on Good Friday of this this year, uh, back in two thousand fifteen, uh, and then he ended up going into. Um, the ICU on Easter Sunday. That's when I really learned that even in the resurrection, on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, that the, the cross, the suffering of the cross still exists, even in the resurrection. I knew that theoretically. I didn't know it practically, but I learned it that day. Um, I am using notes, just so you know, because I'm a talker. So if I don't have notes, I'll I'll ramble on forever. Um, I, I love to talk. So that's why if I keep looking down, I do have some notes here. I'm just kind of reading through. Uh, because dad wasn't, get, wasn't getting better, we decided to put him in uh, hospice. Uh, the hospital suggested all of these different hospice places, but they didn't suggest one. Uh, and the one I knew was AmeriCare Hospice. Uh, it's a Catholic hospice here based in town. Uh, the, 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 the place we put dad was in Mesa. And I knew that's where we would go because I didn't want to go to all these other places. Um, and I'll put a link to uh, to some of these places that I mentioned uh, in both the uh, YouTube. Uh, there's a place where I can con- on the in the YouTube comments as well as uh, in the podcast comments, kind of an, in an explanation section there. So I'll put these links there so you can check these places out. Uh, actually, uh, she's more of a friend now than she was uh, back then. But Bobby Martinez, she uh, works for AmeriCare Hospice. And she um, she came out to give a talk at the parish uh, quite a few, probably back in 2014. It was about a year before dad passed away. So I told mom, I said, this is where we need to go because it's a Catholic hospice. And there's a difference between Catholic hospice and just regular old secular hospice. Um, it, the, the care was different. 
you walk in and there's, you know, there's statues of the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. And, you know, there's, it, there's things that just make you feel more at home as a Catholic than walking into a very secular type of hospice. Um, I remember walking into the hospice room. So he, so he died on Wednesday. We moved him in the hospice on, on that Monday. And the, uh, I remember walking in, I had over, I had, was overseeing RCIA at the parish at the time. And, uh, I had to oversee RCIA that night, even though Father Will had said to me, why don't you go see your dad? And they were moving him still down there from the hospital. So I decided, uh, I'll just oversee RCIA for tonight and then I'll go. So I remember walking into the hospice room where my father was, his eyes were still open at the time. And he walk, I walk in and I walk along the kind of the left side of the bed to go see him. And all of a sudden he looks right at me. He looks, looks directly at me, smiles, gives me this smile, and then kind of looks over my, over my left shoulder. And he starts shaking his head like he's listening to somebody. I never forget. I'll never forget this to the day I, to the day I die. I'll never forget it. He looks over my shoulder and he's shaking his head and he's having this conversation like someone's talking to him. Um, it was, it was like somebody, you know, was telling him something. So I'm uh, not sure who dad saw, but I'm, I'm, I'm I would imagine uh, kind of at that point of your life where you're probably kind of in between, um, you know, life here on earth and then going into uh, eternal life. Uh, you know, you're probably seeing different things. Um, and we've heard stories, I mean, even that when, was, when my father was in the hospital, he was seeing his mother, he was seeing his father. So, and we've, everyone, everyone's kind of heard the, heard these kind of stories, but I'll never, I'll never forget him looking right at me and then looking over my left shoulder and having like a conversation and nodding and, and, and seeing someone. Uh, as I said, he passed on the exact day, this exact day on Wednesday, April 22nd of 2015. I remember my mom called me uh, in the middle of the night and told me that he had passed. And I, it had hit me in the middle of the night, but it was like 3.30 in the morning. I was in a deep sleep. She called me and I remember thinking, uh, I remember saying a prayer and then just falling right back to sleep. Um, I remember saying to her, do you want me to come come there and, and, and be with you. And she goes, no, I just want to spend time with your father alone. Uh, so, um, so I just, I, I just fell back to sleep. Uh, when I awoke a few hours later, I remember putting my feet on the floor and just crying my eyes out, um, and just crying, 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 which I, I, we knew we were preparing. Obviously he went in the hospitals. We were preparing for him to, to, um, pass into eternal life. So, um, but it, you know, when it, when it actually happens, it's, 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 it's difficult. So, um, but I've said this in a lot of talks that I've given over the years since dad's passing, I've said it on my blog post a few times as well. There is definitely a connection that I feel with my dad. Uh, and that's all through the communion of saints. There's a connection I've had with him since the day, actually, even, even the days after his death, and I still feel it. There's a connection I have, especially when I look at his picture. Um, there's a connection that I have that it, that that just connects him to to me, and I and I truly believe that's all about the communion of saints. You know, we always talk about the canonized saints, but our loved ones, we feel that connection through uh, through the communion of saints. So, as I said for today's podcast, I wanted to share 
with the eulogy that I read at my dad's vigil, we ended up having dad's vigil at uh, Catholic cemeteries and funeral homes uh, here in the Diocese of Phoenix. Um, and I'll put a, another link at the bottom of the podcast and the, uh, the YouTube page. The funeral home, what I loved about this funeral home, I actually got a tour of it years ago uh, when I first started working at the parish because one of the... Um, one of the main executives from the funeral home, uh, Harry Antrim, actually uh, goes to our parish. So he ended up giving me a tour of the funeral home, um, and it's it, it's it's amazing. It's not like your typical funeral home. Um, it's something that I remember uh, going, "Wow, this is not the kind of funeral homes I remember in New Jersey." You know, those dark, stank kind of just. They, man, I, they just, they just, there's a dark, there's a darkness to them, kind of this. They, they have a weird smell to them. Um, I, I can't even explain. It's like something out of a Stephen King or Hitchcock movie. You know, it's dark, like dark black curtains. Um, I mean, even like there's a scene in one of the old Soprano episodes where they're in this kind of this weird, creepy funeral home. So the Catholic funeral homes and cemeteries here in Phoenix are not like that. When you walk in, you feel like you're walking into a Catholic church, which is what was really amazing. The chapel, there was light. Um, so uh, it was very, very different. So when, I remember walking in with mom going, gosh, this feels like home. This, there's, a, there's a sense of feeling like this is home to us. Uh, and felt like being in a in the presence of a of an actual Catholic uh, church. Um, the one thing I, I'll say to you too, um, cherish cherish the moments that you have with your family members. Um, you know, spend spend the time um, that you have with them, and uh, especially your parents uh, and grandparents. Uh, spend as much time as you can with them because, you know, we're going to lose them. Um, my my wife's family is actually blessed to have two uh, great-grandparents uh, still alive, which is great since my son um, has, has met his great-grandparents uh, already. Uh, and um, and it's so it's, 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 a, it's a blessing to have that. Not everybody has that. So what I would say is, you know, family members your parents, people that, grandparents, people that you, maybe even even if your own parents are gone or your grandparents are gone, people that you see as a parent, I would reach out to them, touch base with them, especially during these, these, these crazy times that we're living in right now. But even outside of these times, cherish the moments that you have with these family members because it's not, it's not going to last. Um, since dad's passing, there have been some great blessings in my own life. Uh, I've been, um, uh, obviously, um, obviously I got married, um, uh, back in, uh, September of 2018. And then uh, a year later, um, had my, my wife and I, we had our first son, uh, Jameson. So, um, my mom always says that my dad had to get close enough to God, uh, to have those prayers answered. So I really, you know, probably my dad has a big part in me meeting my wife, uh, and you know, and my son, and any future children that we that we do have, uh, the one thing Dad would have actually hated is this beard. He hated facial hair, uh, hated long hair. And my wife cut my hair a couple of weeks ago, um, but 
um, facial hair. I actually started growing a beard, and that's how I met my wife, which is actually a an, a pod a blog a blog post on my website called "I Grew a Beard and Now I'm Getting Married." So, um, so yeah, she loves the beard. She doesn't want me to shave it. There are some grays starting to pop in, but I start I got pulling those suckers out. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't want my I don't want my beard to go gray. So, but uh, yeah, so Dad would have hated this thing. So maybe it's it's a uh, it's kind of God's providence that. He passed away, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, was able to pray uh, to, to God where he was um, to, uh, to for, for me to meet my wife. That's the, I would say that's probably the hardest thing with all of this, too, is that my dad would never, will never meet my, so this, is why, this is why I have a hard time getting through, um, that my dad will never meet my own children, um, you know, his grandkids, uh, you know, the ones that all have the Perno last name. So, um, you know, I think my sister's oldest, uh, remembers him, uh, but my sister's two boys, um, uh, her middle one was born, uh, about two weeks before dad passed away, but never got the, he, dad never got to see, uh, her middle child, my nephew. And then the little guy, our, our, my youngest nephew, uh, he's, he was born after dad had passed away. So I think that's a hard part for me is that he, dad would have never actually met, uh, or will never meet, uh, my children. Um, I mean, he sees them, but not in the same way that, you know, you and I see each other. So, um, so I wanted to read this eulogy. Uh, this podcast is already longer than I think I've, uh, I've had before, um, uh, which is fine. Because I think today's a important day for me to just you know kind of share this with you and remember my dad. So this was the eulogy I gave on April twenty sixth of two thousand fifteen. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of read it and I'll look up and uh, and go from there. For someone who talks about physical death, spiritual death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the body on a weekly basis, as the director of adult evangelization and catechesis. I found the last few weeks to be some of the most difficult I've endured since I've had not only spoken about these topics, but with my family, we have lived and experienced these things with the entrance of my father, Thomas M. Perna, into eternal rest. In a culture that wants to live forever, and when that's not possible, to push death quickly away, to sweep it under the rug so that, it can, so that they can get on with whatever is entertaining at the moment, I remember that death is just another step in life. The words of Gandalf in The Return of the King comes to mind when Pippin believes the end is near. Gandalf says, end? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we must all take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it, white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. Then Pippin says, well, that isn't, that isn't so bad. And Gandalf replies, no, no, it isn't. Even though this is from the novel and mind of J.R. Tolkien, our understanding of the heavenly realm isn't far off from this understanding. I don't know about you, but the words that isn't so bad seems perfect to me. Although dad is no longer with us here on earth, we're still connected to him and all the dead through the mystical body of Christ and the communion of saints. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church states in paragraph 958, 
in full consciousness of this communion of the whole mystical body of Jesus Christ, the Church and its pilgrim members from the very earliest days of the Christian religion has honored with great respect the memory of the dead, and because it is a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the dead, that they may be loosed, loosed from their sins, she offers her suffrages for them. Our prayer for them is capable not only of helping them, but also of making their intercession for us effective. Focusing on the great respect the Christian religion uh, have for the memory of the dead, we should always remember Dad as he was, a strong Italian man, originally from Newark, New Jersey, who loved the heat and the sunshine much more than the cold and snow. I remember the year we moved to Arizona. It was 1983. I drove with him in the truck the entire 2,600 miles that carried all of our possessions, as well as a car in tow, as Mom and Carla and the two dogs followed behind in another car. It was like the Scottsdale hillbillies. In regards to the snow and ice, I'll never forget the words of Dad when he said, if I never see ice and snow again, that still won't be long enough. I can tell you that he loved his family very much. There wasn't a time that went by when he wasn't looking to provide for us. Even way into our 30s, my dad always asked if we, my sister and I, had money on us. Every time I was at the house, he would ask, do you have any money on you? Once I said, yeah, it's called a debit card. He gave me that look like, who are you fooling? Then he said, then said, you should always have a cash on you. The socks I am wearing today, gave, Dad gave to me. Even the pocket watch I have on me, uh, Dad gave, uh, my father gave to me. So, just a kind of a, a short, quick thing. The socks I'm wearing aren't from my father today. This is actually from the eulogy. The shirt I'm wearing today is actually one of my dad's old shirts. So I continue. At times, he would say, here's 20 bucks. Don't tell your mother. Or when there were too many water bottles delivered to the house, take some water home with you. There are other countless examples, but in the end, Dad's main concern was always his family. The one thing about my father that I'll always carry through the rest of my life is his zealous joy for the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, the Giants, and the New York Rangers. It was Dad who taught us to cheer for champions. At one time, Dad and I both had Yankee rooms filled with Yankee memorabilia. When you get to see Mano, Maris, Yogi, and Whitey play ball, there's no, other way, there's no way on this earth other teams even compare. His father, my grandfather, saw Ruth, Garrick, and DiMaggio. I'll always remember a few things Dad taught us. Don't spend the principal. Trying to do the same thing over and over, thinking you'll get a different result, is the definition of insanity. Although in recent months, he told me that was actually Albert Einstein's quote. And me personally, it doesn't matter where I am, in my house, a friend's house, a stranger's house, and even in a public one, I always put down the seat. You know what I'm talking about, right? His voice is ingrained in my head. There are ladies that live in the house. We always need to do it. Even at the age of 23, after studying three years of philosophy, there was dad, put down the seat. A more recent memory I have is the discussion that dad, mom, and I had back in 2011. My father said, I know I have to work, but is there a way to record tomorrow's getaway Yankee game? Mom responded, no, there's no way to record it. Me, my response, 
If you had a DVR, you could record it easily. My mother said, that's all I hear from Brandon and Carla, my wife's husband, and now you. I need a new TV first. My response is, you guys have TVs from the 1980s. Dad, as long as you are in the 23rd century. My response was, I'm way ahead of you guys when it comes to technology. You don't even know how to text. Mom knows how, but you don't. I went to the kitchen and had a thought for Dad. I said, if the Pope can tweet, you can learn to text. Mom was laughing in the background. My dad's response was, good for the Holy Father. And again, there are countless memories just like these that we will continue to cherish in our hearts today, next week, six months from now, and years from now. So as we mourn the loss of a husband, a father, a brother, poppy, cousin, friend, and a brother in Christ, let us turn our hearts to know that dad is in the eternal rest of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a natural feeling to mourn, to be in sorrow, and to cry, for the person we love has left us. But it's not the end, and we'll see him again, for his death helps us to keep our eyes on the home we are called from the moment of our baptism. Excuse me. In his book, The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen speaks of the many kinds of crosses we human beings must endure. When writing about the cross of grief and sorrow, Fulton Sheen says this, quote, When God takes someone away from us, it is always for a good reason. When the sheep have grazed and thinned the grass in the lower regions, the shepherd will take a little lamb in his arms, carry it up the mountain where the grass is green, lay it down, and soon the other sheep will follow. Every now and then, the Lord, our Lord, takes a lamb from the parched field of a family up to those heavenly green pastures, so that the rest of the family may keep their eyes on their true home and follow through, end quote. As we endure this suffering of losing dad to physical death, let it be a reminder to, uh, to us all that there is no resurrection with the cross. There is no eternity without suffering. The hour is always before us. Even though we have been brought back with the death of Christ and are a resurrected people. As I conclude, I leave you with these words from the Catholic priest and American theologian, Monsignor Lorenzo Abbasetti. He says, quote, Suffering is not a problem to be solved, it is a mystery to be lived. I'll say it again Suffering is not a problem to be solved, it is a mystery to be lived. End quote. Let us learn to embrace this, particularly today as we mourn the death and entrance into eternal rest of my father, Thomas Michael Perna. Uh, I want to thank everyone for either listening or watching this. It's a little longer than I usually uh, keep my podcasts. But uh, again, thank you for this time, uh, for allowing me to honor my dad five years after his death. Um, And let's just end, I'm going to end with the Hail Mary, because Dad always liked praying the Hail Mary. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember the repose of this, we've always prayed for the repose of the soul of my father, Thomas Michael Perna. I also want to remember the two other people that died that year was my Uncle Joe, my my, uh, Joseph Perna, my dad's older brother, and our cousin, uh, Ronald Warner. Uh, We actually lost three people that year. Um three main, three main individuals, men in our family. 
So uh, we pray for my dad and we pray for Uncle Joe and Cousin Ron as well. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, again, thank you for watching. I'm glad everybody, uh, I'm hoping uh, that you were able to watch this and, or, or listen in. So uh, take care. Uh, God bless.